I've been talking a lot recently about how to say no and deal with pushback. And in my head, it's always been about how to say no to other people. And I've realised recently that actually the person I struggle to say no to the most is myself. It's not, in fact, anybody else. And I know lots of you will be thinking right now, yeah, but actually they're the ones that asked me to do this. And my contract says this, and it's the patients that are coming in and the management tell me I need to do this. Yes, absolutely. Other people exist and other people want stuff. But if a perfect stranger came up to you in the middle of the street and said, I need an hour of your time to do this task for me, please. Unless they were in dire need, you'd probably send them packing. You wouldn't feel guilty. You'd think, well, that's just ridiculous being asked to do that. So we are plenty able to say no and set boundaries with some people, but not with other people. Even when on the face of it, it's the same request. Can you give me an hour of your time unpaid out of the goodness of your heart? And the thing that's different for us is how we're thinking about that request. We are the person that we can't say no to. So that's got me thinking. If we're our own worst enemy when it comes to saying no, and the person we can't say no to the most is ourselves, in what other situations are we our own worst enemy? This is a You Are Not A Frog quick tip, a tiny taster of the kinds of things we talk about on our full podcast episodes. I've chosen today's topic to give you a helpful boost in the time it takes to have a cup of tea, so you can return to whatever else you're up to, feeling energised and inspired. For more tools, tips and insights to help you thrive at work, don't forget to subscribe to You Are Not A Frog wherever you get your podcasts. And I've noticed in myself that when I muck up or do something a little bit wrong, I've got in my head that other people are criticising me heavily about it. And when I look at reality, actually nobody is criticising me as much as I'm criticising myself. And when I catch the language that I'm using in my head, it's really not very nice. It's along the lines of, that was so stupid. Why on earth did you do that? No one else does that. They'll just think you're awful. Even when it's something like, I don't know, butting into a conversation or talking a little too much at dinner party. Really, I have a very, very strong inner critic. And it wasn't till recently that I realised how loud this inner critic was. I was talking to one of my friends who's going through a really, really tough time with one of their kids at the moment. And we were talking about what was helpful and what wasn't helpful. And he said that at the beginning, people kept coming up to him saying, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And he said, well, you know what? I never, ever thought that it was my fault. So it was really odd that people were saying that to me. And immediately I thought to myself, well, of course it wasn't your fault. I would never have thought that about you. But then I started thinking, you know what, if that happened to me, I probably would have thought it was my fault. And me and my other half, quite a lot of the time, blame ourselves for issues that the kids are facing. Even when it's nothing to do with us, we often go to, what have we done wrong as parents? Or could we have been better? Or is there something else that we could have done? Straight to self-criticism, straight to self-blame. And so for me, just talking to this person, it was a real eye-opener that other people maybe didn't have such a loud, critical voice inside their heads. And this person, as a result, was able to show themselves much more compassion when things went wrong or they made a mistake and was much less defensive and actually is able to show other people huge amounts of compassion themselves. Because I realised that when I'm criticising myself and beating myself up, 
I'm then unable to show kindness to other people. I judge them much more harshly. And the critical voice overspills from me towards others. And I'm just not that nice to be around. I was listening to a podcast recently when they were talking about self-compassion and talking about the importance of being self-compassionate. And one of the main reasons for me is that it makes you a better person. It enhances your relationships. Because when we're not self-compassionate, when we've got a very, very strong inner critic and someone then maybe criticises us, we react incredibly defensive or we see criticism in stuff that's not even there. So, for example, if I'm criticising myself for the house being in a little bit of a mess and one of my family comes in and comments about the fact that there are shoes everywhere, I immediately take that as a massive criticism. And what happens? My inner chimp springs to my defence and I'm not very nice to be around. And this has come up a couple of times on recent podcasts. I remember talking to Karina Gordon-Barnes about how to be a working mother and she was talking about shame. And is it possible for other people to shame us. And she mentioned that if someone says something to her, for example, somebody makes a comment about her parenting and she feels ashamed, she'd always think, well, who thought it first? And no one really can make you feel ashamed unless you're already feeling ashamed about it. If we go back to a stranger in the street, if if a stranger in the street came up to me and said, you're absolutely dreadful at podcasting and they'd never heard a podcast I'd done, it wouldn't bother me. But if a regular listener came up to me and said, actually, last podcast wasn't very good, I would take that very badly, probably, because I want to produce good podcasts. And side note, please do give me feedback and tell me what we can improve on the podcast. But the question, have I thought that first, is quite helpful to knowing, actually, is what I'm feeling due to my inner critical voice? Are you constantly stressed and thinking about work? Does your laptop come with you on holiday? Your to-do list have permanent residence in your brain and your worry about how to handle the latest crisis wake you up in the small hours. Then it's time to get your life back and that's exactly what our brand new online course will help you do. It's a 60-minute reset for healthcare professionals to shift your mindset so you can set boundaries and limits around your work without the endless guilt that you've not done enough. It's just £27 and you can get instant access now when you go to shapestoolkit.com slash get your life back. The other thing that's really struck me about this inner critic is Charlotte Houston when she was saying about this governess that she has in her brain. This person is constantly berating her and telling her she's not good enough, not working hard enough, not trying hard enough. And if she mucks up, well, honestly, you could have done better. Now, I'm very lucky. I work for myself. I founded my own organisation and we have a lovely team. So big shout out to everybody who's involved in World Monday. But I don't have a boss. So in theory, I could do what I like. I could finish when I like. I can start when I like. But often I'm working at weekends, working in the evenings because I want to put out the good stuff. And I have this boss that's telling me I'm lazy if I take time off, that tells me that it has to be perfect, that keeps me thinking about work all the time and makes me feel a little bit guilty if I take time off. And yes, that boss is me, isn't it? It's my inner critical voice. And you know, that boss is a real bitch. She really is. And it's just like Charlotte says with that inner governess, that inner voice that just constantly goes on 
and on and on at you. Now, we can go into where this voice comes from, stuff that happened in childhood. I think a lot of the time as medics, we've always been judged by how much we achieve. We've often been pushed hard. And a lot of that loud, loud, critical voice comes from past experiences and perhaps past trauma. But I've been thinking about how to deal with my toxic boss, that toxic self-critical voice I have. And there are a few tips and techniques that I have found helpful recently. The first one is doing exactly what Charlotte suggested. Name it. Give that voice a name. I've named mine Hillary. So Hillary often criticises. She tells me I'm not good enough. She tells me I'm a bad person and I've mucked up and I'm a little bit too much and I'm giving advice where it's not needed and I'm not managing stress very well. I know you probably don't really want to know about all these inner workings of my brain, do you? But honestly, that's what happens quite a lot. But if I name that voice, if I name it Hillary, if I acknowledge that voice, first of all, that will help. If I just tell her to get lost, I think she's going to come back banging on the door. But if I acknowledge that voice and say, actually, thank you, you have helped me there. You've alerted me to something. You've uh, given me the boost I needed to get that podcast done on time. And you have helped me get where I've got to today. But you know what? You can go off and have a rest. Thank you for the alert. I've, I've got it. Off you go. Go off on a bit of a sabbatical or go off on holiday. Then what I'm doing is I'm acknowledging what's going on. And I'm being kind to Hillary as well. Because and here it all gets a little bit meta. I have often been coaching people and I'm like this myself. And I've talked to loads of people that beat themselves up for having a critical voice. So we recognise it and then we say, oh, and I'm doubly bad because not only am I criticising myself, I shouldn't be criticising myself. And then there's another should. So we criticise ourselves for criticising ourselves and we feel quite shamed by that. I just want to normalise it and say it's there for many, many of us. And then I think to myself, well, well, why? What is behind it? What are some needs that I have that I'm not getting? And often the need behind it is a need for safety, a need to feel that I'm okay because our amygdala, our threat detection system, makes us tell ourselves these stories to push us forward, to keep us safe. Actually, Hillary's motivation is probably quite good. She wants to stop bad things happening. And in her mind, if we work really hard, if we make everybody love us, if we make sure that we have avoided all threats, all things that could cause us discomfort, and we pleased everybody we kept everybody happy then we'll be okay in life we know that's not how life works maybe it used to work like that when we were in caves but Hillary's actually got it wrong she's got the wrong worldview the other thing that Hillary is wrong about is that talking badly to someone and criticizing gets the best out of them she thinks she can motivate me by telling me how rubbish I am by criticizing me but it's just not true is it I mean we know that with kids, you criticise them, they crumble. You don't get the best out of them. They just get more and more stressed. So we don't do it to kids. Would we do it to our best friend? Would we criticise them and tell them how rubbish they are? No, of course we wouldn't. If our friend comes to us having mucked up, then what we say to them is, oh my goodness, don't worry. Everyone does it. It's okay. We tell them about how much we love them, how much it's normal to muck up and be human. So actually... We know how to be empathetic and compassionate, but a lot of the time it's empathy and compassion towards other people, not towards ourselves. So how do we deal with this? Well, first of all, just recognising that voice, recognising 
when your inner critic Hillary is there and you're beating yourself up and you're feeling really, really bad about stuff. Recognize that, recognize what you're feeling and acknowledge it. Acknowledge your feelings and name them. Are you scared? Are you angry? Are you stressed? Are you sad? Once you've recognized and named them and acknowledged what's going on, we can say, ah, okay, thanks, Hillary. Because so often the voice just becomes so part of me that I can't see it for what it is. And I end up thinking that it's true and that it's fact when actually all it is is the inner critical voice. So recognizing and acknowledging what I'm feeling, noticing my thoughts, noticing when Hillary has got control is so, so important. And then investigating where that came from. What's triggered that? What's been going on for me? And half the time, it may just be that I'm hungry, angry, late, tired, sad. I just need a good night's sleep. So asking myself, what do I need now? What do I need next? How can I show compassion to myself? So I need to lie on the floor in a dark room for three minutes and just get my shit together. Do I need to go for a cup of tea or a coffee? Do I need an early night? Do I need to phone a friend and chat with them? So identify when those voices are loud. Give them a name. Thank them for what they've given you. Then kick them out. Recognise what you need and show yourself some kindness. Treat yourself like you would treat your best friend. And you'll find that everyone else thanks you for it. 